Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? It is episode six of the Banner Banter Podcast. It is Monday, September 10th, 2018. How are we doing? I am Timmy G, your favorite season ticket holder in the whole wide world, and this is the Banner Banter Podcast, just a Celtics podcast from a season ticket holder point of view. Thank you all so much for joining this week. We got a lot to talk about this week. I really don't have a topic per se like I have in the weeks past, but this week there's just so much to talk about with what's going on with the Boston Celtics. Uh, First off, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Banner Banter Podcast or on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18. You can now listen to us on Spotify and you can also listen to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podbean, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and probably any other podcast website and or app that you enjoy. So this week, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. We have another great banner banter investigation. As always, we'll have your Celtics stud and dud of the week. We're going to talk about Kevin Garnett a little bit and how he lost a crap load of money. What do you know? A Celtics player losing a lot of money. We'll talk about the NBA Hall of Fame class. Talk about Robert Williams. He finally spoke about what's going on with his health issues. Um, We obviously have to talk about the NBA 2K19 ratings that came out because, you know, yes, video games probably aren't why you come to this podcast but it is part of the nba atmosphere and everyone talks about it and players tweet about their ratings and stuff so we have to talk about things like that as well so the first thing i want to talk about is the 2018 basketball hall of fame class the induction happened over the weekend down in springfield massachusetts which you know i always think a lot of people forget that the basketball hall of fame is in massachusetts it's just crazy to think about that because a lot of people think the state of massachusetts you know is a is a hockey state or a hockey city you know they they call boston you know the hockey city and things like that so i've always found that a little interesting but a bunch of great 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 players went in the boston celtics now have 42 celtics players inducted into the hall of fame I don't know if that's the most ever. I only looked up to see how many the Celtics had, but the fact that they have 42 people that have played for them in the Hall of Fame is very, very impressive. One person in particular, Charlie Scott. He was a former Celtics player. He also played at UNC, and you know how I feel about UNC, guys. He was a three-time NBA and two-time NBA ABA All-Star. Uh, he was also the ABA Rookie of the Year in 1971, and he won a championship in 1976 with the Celtics where Tommy Heinsohn was the coach. Because I, I feel like a lot of people forget that Tommy Heinsohn was such a good coach for the Boston Celtics. He, he was so, so good. So I just want to say congratulations to Charlie Scott. Um, another batch of NBA players that got inducted were Steve Nash you know, an amazing point guard. Jason Kidd, hated by some, especially Celtics fans, with the rivalry that the Nets and the Celtics had in the early 2000s. Mo Cheeks, uh, one of my favorite, Doris Burks was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Tina Thompson, she was the first ever WNBA draft pick. And by the way, if you guys have been watching the WNBA playoffs, they are great. If you're not watching the WNBA and you are a basketball fan, make sure you check out the WNBA 
the women who play that game are a lot of fun to watch and it's exciting so congratulations to tina thompson doris burke we all know that i love doris burke and grand hill grand hill was one of the first guys that i ever watched play a college basketball game when i fell in love with duke basketball so grand hill i wish you never got hurt as much as you did i wish your knees weren't as bad as they were because you would have been one of the best nba players of all time so salute to grand hill and then of course we have to talk about this but ray allen ray allen got inducted into the hall of fame and i'm really happy for ray allen and he was so important to the celtics and i know a lot of people are angry with ray allen and i i understand why he went to the heat at a time where he he probably shouldn't have and the way he went about it probably wasn't ideal but at the same time he didn't get treated very well when he was here And if it wasn't for Ray Allen, we would have never had Paul Pierce. We probably would not have Banner 17 in 2008. I just want people to stop thinking about that. Focus on Ray Allen, the player, and what he brought to the Celtics. He had to change his whole game around. He he was one of the best players in the NBA, and then he had to take less shots, have less of a bigger role to come to the Celtics to win a championship, and he did that. And most importantly, KG and... Paul Pierce should have been there the other night. And it is really, really disappointing that at least Paul Pierce wasn't there. You know, Paul Pierce, obviously, you can call Paul Pierce a local guy. I mean, he comes back to Boston as much as he can. And the fact that Paul isn't even there when he's been the one that has said over and over again that him and Ray are fine. And the fact that Ray Allen talk to Rachel Nichols on the jump on ESPN saying that none of the guys from the Celtics team reached out to Ray Allen this week makes me so angry. I don't understand why these guys are still holding a grudge. It's been 10 years. Get the hell over it. I'm so sick of hearing Ray Allen answer that question and I'm so sick of people asking that question to Ray Allen as well. Especially when you think about it, Ray Allen has no beef towards any of the players. I think the only person that he hates is Rondo, but he even said on the jump with Rachel Nichols the other day that, hey, it's over and done with. I'm focused on what's ahead of me and the people that I care about. If they don't want to be involved with it, that's fine. But that part of my life was the most important time of my life. Like he admitted how much he loves playing for the Celtics, how much he loved playing for those guys. And those guys are still butthurt angry at him. And Doc Rivers, the other day, when I was at the ABCD Dream Hoop event at TD Garden, which I'll talk about in a second, even said it. W- he tried everything in his power to get Ray Allen to come to Paul Pierce tonight because he thinks it would have been the one opportunity that Ray Allen would have got a standing ovation inside TD Garden because who was going to boo Ray Allen the night of Paul Pierce because Paul Pierce wouldn't have an NBA title if it wasn't for Ray Allen. And sure, Ray Allen should have sucked it up and went, but at the same time, why? He got treated like trash for a long period of time by all those guys, and it's just a shame to see that. I mean, you look at the the people who went for Ray Allen. I mean, David Fisdale went. Alonzo Mourning, Chris Bosh, all people from the Heat. Sure, he made one of the biggest shots in Heat history, but he's also made some of the greatest shots in NBA history as well and Celtics history. You know, Bob Bryan brought it up at the ABCD Dream Hoop event uh, for the question and answer between Brad Stevens and Doc Rivers. It was basically, he was just like that layup in Game 5 where he crossed up Sacha Vujicic at the top of the key and glided and went reverse with his left hand. That was 
that was such a huge momentum swing because I think they were down like 20 plus points in that game. And it was absolutely unbelievable that Ray Allen did all those things. And these guys still are so angry. It drives me absolutely crazy that Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were not there, especially Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce should have been there. Minus that, Ray Allen, props to you, man. Congratulations on making the Basketball Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. To me, the best shooter of all time. He complimented Reggie Miller, saying that Reggie Miller was the best shooter of all time. And I understand that Steph Curry is probably right now and most likely will end up being the best shooter. But for me, and what I've seen, and with all the games that I saw Ray Allen play, because I had season tickets back then, Ray Allen is the best shooter I have ever seen play. So, Ray Allen, congratulations to you, good sir, on making the Basketball Hall of Fame and representing the Celtics very well. We now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation, Celtics Unit Report. All right, this week's banner banter investigation is on Dino Raja. Yes, Dino Raja actually got inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame over the weekend, and Dino Raja played for the Boston Celtics from 1993 to 1997. After Reggie Lewis passed away, he was basically the main guy for the Boston Celtics for scoring from about 1993 to 1997. He was waived in 1997 due to some knee issues, and that's also when Rick Pitino came into town, and we all know how much Rick Pitino sucked and how much he ruined the Celtics for a long period of time, so screw you, Rick Pitino. But anyways, I remember in 1994, it was a game that I actually attended. He went and dropped 36 points, 11 boards on 12 of 15 shooting against the Philadelphia 76ers, and I think that's one of the first games I ever went to, and I think the only game I ever went to at TD Garden with my dad, because I just remember seeing number 40 on the floor. I was like, who is that guy? And I laughed so hard when I found out his name was Dino, because like, I feel like the name Dino should be, someone should be making me a pizza, you know, or a nice bowl of spaghetti with the name Dino. And Dino had a pretty decent NBA career. He finished with 16 points per game, eight boards, but only one and a half assists. Clearly, he did not like to pass the ball to his teammates. But a lot of people are asking, you know, hey, the guy only played four years for the Celtics. Where else did he play? Well, he only played four years in the NBA. And uh, people need to realize that the Basketball Hall of Fame is more than just the NBA Hall of Fame. It, It deals with a lot of international players. And what Dino Raja did on the international level was absolutely incredible. He won back-to-back EuroLeague championships with Tony Kukoc in 1989 and 1990, and he was the MVP of that championship series in 1989. He was NBA All-Rookie second team. He's one of the 50 greatest EuroLeague contributors. That's what they call it. Not like players, but they call it contributors, which confuses me. He's a three-time FIBA Eurostar selection, two-time Greek League champion in 1998 and 1999, and he won the MVP in 1998. So he won an MVP in 1989 and then won another MVP in 1998. He's a two-time Croatian League champion in 2002 and 2003. He's done a lot on the European level and that is why Dino Raja deserves to be in the Hall of Fame what he's doing right now in his personal life I do not know but he did tell a very very funny story during his acceptance speech so check this out Uh, thank you Larry for doing this you know uh, my gut feeling was Celtic from the first day and um, you know what they say 
Once a Celtic, always a Celtic. When, uh, when Kim and Zoran told me about uh, the Hall of Fame thing, I couldn't stop crying for 10 days straight. And uh, it was really hard you know, to explain somebody bugging my eyes over and over. And uh, I couldn't tell anybody for one week uh, until the San Antonio announcement. And, uh, you know, it was very hard to shut up. I told my wife, of course, I tell her everything. Um, shock for me was even bigger because um, I didn't know I was even in the ballot. I didn't know I was nominated at all. I didn't know uh, anything. Uh, a group of uh, guys that I play after end of my career did it uh, on, on their own. They, they did the research. They called the NBA office. They, they uh, did all the work. So thank you, Adriatic boys. Um, very much. I owe you one. So that's a pretty funny story from Dino Raja, and it's great that you know he he will always be a Boston Celtic with everything that he's been through. But one one other cool little story about Dino Raja. So after he got waived in 1997, the Celtics still had to pay him two and a half million dollars per year until the year 2000. So shout out to you, Dino Raja, for for getting that paper boo boo for a long period of time after you were done playing. And speaking of money, we have to talk about Kevin Garnett. Holy crap, if you guys haven't seen this story, I would suggest logging on to yahoosports.com and reading the whole thing. I'm just going to give you a brief little breakdown about it because it is absolutely crazy. So according to AP, there's a report out that Kevin Garnett filed a malpractice lawsuit stating that his accountant knowingly allowed a wealth manager, Charles Bank, to siphon money from all of his accounts up to $77 million dollars. Not 77 pennies, not 77 nickels, not 77 dollars, not 77 thousand dollars, but 77 million dollars. According to KG's accountant, he admitted to knowing that this individual, Charles Banks, was helping himself to millions and millions of KG's money and did nothing about it. Nothing. And guess what Charles Banks is doing right now? He's already spending four years in jail because he took $6 million from Tim Duncan when he was Tim Duncan's financial advisor. So technically, this dude has stolen $83 million that we are aware of from NBA players. And he's already spending four years in prison, and he's probably going to have to spend some more if Kevin Garnett figures it out. Now, couple questions here. Number one is, why is Kevin Garnett finding this out now? I mean, KG retired in 2016. He has made the most money contract-wise in NBA history, around $325 million. So where, why now? Did it take him this long to put this federal malpractice lawsuit together? It's very, very interesting to me that KG would allow all of this to happen because I feel like KG, as crazy as it is, and crazy as he is, I feel like he's smart enough to know that someone's stealing a lot of money from him. Because you got to remember, Kevin Garnett was one of those guys that came out of high school. And he signed a huge deal with Nike. Obviously signed one of the biggest contracts in NBA history when he re-signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves after his rookie contract was up. One of the greatest NBA players of all time. And like Tim Duncan figured out, oh, this guy stole $6 million from me. That's not bad. But $77 million? That is insane. I don't understand why Celtics players and money don't like 
I don't understand that. I don't understand why Celtics players can't keep their money straight. It drives me nuts. It was Eric Williams, it was Antoine Walker, and now it's Kevin Garnett. So check that out. I read it on yahoosports.com. I'm sure it's on many, many other different websites, and hopefully KG will get this dude back in jail for a long, long period of time after the fact that he screwed KG over. But listen, at the end of the day, Kevin Garnett's going to be fine financially. All right, the next topic I want to talk about is the CBS Sports announcement that they made the other day. They did a little article on their all-time NBA teams, and they did it with some rules. Had to pay at least five years for a franchise and could only be put on one team. So a perfect example would be like Shaquille O'Neal. Couldn't be on the Heat, couldn't be on the Magic, couldn't be on the, on the Lakers. He had to be on one of those three teams. So who did the Boston Celtics have? At point guard, Bob Cousy. At shooting guard, John Havlicek. At small forward, Paul Pierce. At power forward, Larry Bird. And at center, Bill Russell. No complaints there. Really can't argue there. Love that list. I didn't really look at any other teams because, I mean, let's be honest, the only team I care about is Boston Celtics. But I'm sure CBS did a fine, fine job of doing doing it. And I'd be interested to see who would be on the Seattle Supersonics team or is it the Oklahoma City Thunder team? Do they do it separately? I'll have to look into that later. But anyways, getting into something else that... You know, I'm a fan of NBA 2K, the video game. I know not a lot of people are into it. I am. I buy it every single year. I'm one of those suckers that buys the same exact game every single year. The graphics look the same, but the storylines always change, and I always think it's cool. And they gave out their ratings, and I only had an issue with one of the things, and this is probably going to make you laugh, but I'm kind of BS at 2K for giving Semi Ojale a 68, but Yabo a 69. I'm pretty sure Semi Ojale is better than Yabaselli, and Semi Ojale deserves uh, at least a 70 rating, and Yabo can stay at his 69 and be the lowest rank player for the Celtics. And you're probably telling yourself, well, what about Brad Wanamaker? He's a 72. He's never played in the NBA before. Semi Ojale has. So get it together, 2K. Some of the other ratings uh, Robert Williams, 73. Daniel Tice got a 74. Aaron Baines, a 75. Marcus Morris, a 78. Marcus Smart, a 78. Terry Rozier, a 79. And I think we can all agree that Terry Rozier is definitely a lot better than Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris, so he should probably be a little bit higher. Jalen Brown's an 84. Al Horford's an 86. Jason Tatum is an 87. Gordon Hayward is an 88. And Kyrie is a 93. He is the eighth ranked or the, I'm sorry, the eighth best ranking in the game. He's tied with Russell Westbrook. I would probably take Russell Westbrook over that, you know, just NBA video game-wise. Russell Westbrook can rebound the crap out of the ball, and he's so fast, but Kyrie's handles, he's got a better jump shot. You know, you can go on and on. But for you video game players, NBA 2K19 came out the other day. I got it. I've only played for about an hour, and I'm hoping to play a lot of it in the upcoming future. Another story that came out this week was Robert Williams III. He is still not cleared for five-on-five play. He still has some knee tendonitis. This is an issue on why he fell so deep in the draft, and the Celtics were able to get him with the 27th pick. He was very open about talking to the media the other day, and he talked about how Brad is just hammering play calls. That Those were the words that he used hammering play calls into his mind so he can be ready for five-on-five action when the time comes around. Robert Williams also said that Brad Stevens is one of the most hands-on coaches that he has ever worked with. He actually conditioned with Robert Williams on a bike. So 
Robert Williams hopped on one bike, Brad Stevens hopped on the other, and they biked together, and Brad just kind of shot the shit with him in plain English, and he thought that was kind of funny. But he's so hands-on, and he really appreciates that. So that's great to hear, and I really hope Robert Williams is ready for training camp so he can kind of get right into the swing of things as soon as possible, and he can be a great, great player for the Boston Celtics. Now, the other day, I was actually able to play on the parquet, in front of Brad Stevens and Doc Rivers. I scored 10 points on, I think it was like four of nine shooting. I played with a lot of my coworkers at Live Nation, so shout out to all of them. We played the ABCD Dream Hoop Team All-Star Team and got absolutely demolished. But that's okay, it was a great experience. Got to meet Brad Stevens, got to meet Doc Rivers. You can see those pictures on the Banner Banter Facebook page and Instagram page at Banner Banter Podcast. A lot of cool photos there. It was quite the experience to be playing on the parquet. I wore my Kyrie Irving Lucky Charm sneakers, and I'm pretty sure those were the first time the Lucky Charm sneakers have ever been played on the parquet because I don't think Kyrie or Jason Tatum played with those last year. So that was kind of cool. And what I just said probably isn't true, but I'm going to believe that it is, and I'm going to run with it. And after after the event, which was a great event, a great, great charity, if you guys have an opportunity to donate to ABCD Dreams, please do so. It's an unbelievable charity. There was a question and answer afterwards with Bob Ryan, Doc Rivers, and Brad Stevens. And for a basketball junkie like myself, holy guacamole, what a really, really cool experience to to see Doc and Brad talk about how the game's changing, how they don't like it. And Brad told this great story on how he was in eighth grade and he was a ball boy for Glenn the Big Dog Robinson, who was a player in the mid-90s. He came in right at the same time. Oh, man, who did he come in with? It wasn't Jason Kidd and Grant. It might have been Jason Kidd and Grant Hill. Don't quote me on that, but it was around that same era. And he went to Purdue And he was a great, great NBA player and clearly a great high school player. And the stories that Brad told about that and some of the things that Doc opened up about, like he opened up about the Colin Kaepernick situation, the Ray Allen situation, the fact that uh, uh, one of the cool things, someone asked him how it felt like trading his son and how being a father, coaching him, and then being the father of the general manager. So that was really cool. It was really 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 deep and it was great great stuff that you don't get to hear every day i i wanted to record some of it but i'm sure there's some legal rights stuff to it and i couldn't do it but i just wanted to thank diane snow over at live nation i'm sure she's not listening but if she is thank you diane for giving us the opportunity to play on the parquet the other night and it was really cool and thanks to brad and doc for being so they must have taken a picture with every single person and to be honest with you i took pictures with both of them twice yeah I'm that guy. But anyways, all right, let's get into our favorite thing of the week. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Yes, it is time for the Celtics stud and Celtics dud of the week, everyone's favorite segment on the show. And if it's not, screw you. No, I'm kidding. It's my favorite segment of the week. Now, my Celtics stud of the week was going to be Kyrie Irving because unlike Paul Pierce, Kyrie Irving actually did show up to the Hall of Fame ceremony. But after reading some tweets yesterday, it is going to go to Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier actually opened up the locker room door, which is one of the cool new things that the Patriots are doing at home games now. And I saw some videos of it, and it was very, very cool. And he opened up the locker room door for the team before they 
you know, went out on the field. So I'm sure that was a great experience for Terry Rozier. So salute to Terry Rozier for opening up the locker room door for the New England Patriots. Very, very cool moment. And the Celtics dud of the week. If you don't know who this is going to be, stop living under a rock and listen up and watch the news. It goes out to Jabari Bird. He was arrested Saturday morning for a domestic violence dispute in Brighton. (sighs) This is so frustrating. For a kid who tried so hard to get a full-time NBA contract, which he did, and played so well in the Las Vegas Summer League, for him to go out and do something this stupid is absolutely effing ridiculous in plain English. He is going to be charged with domestic assault, strangulation, and kidnapping. What? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He, I, oh my God, I, it drives me nuts that these people that try so hard to become a professional and try everything they can to get out of a bad situation that they were in because a lot of NBA players and a lot of athletes in plain English didn't have the best uprising. And for them to have an opportunity like this to play for such a great franchise like the Boston Celtics and for them to screw it up with a stupid domestic violence dispute is absolutely unbelievable. So Jabari Bird, I'm not going to get into it anymore because you're not even worth my breath anymore. You are going to be the dud of the week end of the year, and I really and truly hope the Boston Celtics do the right thing and release this kid as soon as possible. I know the Celtics are going through their investigation and have to follow all procedures, and I know deep down inside, if everything is explained with what we've heard on the news, the Boston Celtics are going to do the right thing and move on from Jabari Bird. But positively, see, I'm going to spin this positively, this opens up a lot of new doors. Remember, a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, we talked about P.J. Dozier, the kid from South Carolina who signed the two-way contract with the Celtics. This could be an opportunity for him. Him and Jabari Bird are the same player. Uh, I think Jabari Bird's a little bit better, but as a player, not as a person. He's a POS, if you ask me. But according to Keith Smith, the Celtics also signed training camp deals for three players, Jeff Robinson, Nick Kidd, and Justin Bibbs. Justin Bibbs is... From Virginia Tech, 6'2". He's a lefty guard. Really don't see him making the team. you got Jeff Robinson, who played at Vanderbilt, averaged 16 points, 7 boards a game. And then you have Nick King, who's a 6'7 forward, who won the Conference USA Player of the Year last year. And all three of those guys that I just mentioned, they all were four-year college players. So they're obviously a little bit older, a little mature, and are just looking for an opportunity. So hopefully they can they can bring the heat uh, as they like to say when it, when it comes to training camp. So I'm excited to see how those four guys do at training camp. All right, folks, um, that is it for this week of the Banner Banter Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I know we had a lot of things to talk about. You can always contact me if you have any questions, comments, concerns, and or recipes at bannerbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast or on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18. You can also hear this fantastic super duper podcast on spotify itunes soundcloud google play music stitcher you name it it's on there and then just a couple quick reminders for you the boston celtics training camp starts on tuesday september 25th so we're literally 15 days away the celtics first preseason game is on september 28th on the road versus the hornets and their first home game is the 30th at home against the Hornets. And then one final thing that I have to kind of rant about. There are some reports coming out, especially on amicohoops.net or .com, 
about how good Kyrie and how good Gordon Hayward look. I understand why these reports come out. It's to get us all jacked up on Mountain Dew. It's to make sure their agents feel good, the players feel good, makes the team feel good, blah, 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 blah. Don't fall into the hype yet. Let's see these dudes play because playing five on five at the Red Auerbach Center is not going to be the same as playing five on five on the parquet 41 nights a year or on the road 41 nights a year for a total of 82 games. Don't bite into that hype, please. I am so excited with that being said that they do look good, but I'm not going to be like, oh, because they look good, they're going to win Banner 18. Nope, not going to fall for it. We got to be realistic. They're both coming off some Gordon's. Injury is no joke to come back from. Kyrie basically has a brand new knee. So don't fall into those traps just yet. Let's wait until maybe at least the first preseason game before we fall in those traps, okay? It's too early to fall in those traps yet. And then next week on the Banner Banter Podcast, I'm going to be focusing on player predictions. I'm going to predict the type of season each player is going to have. So if you like me being wrong, next week's episode is going to be the episode for you. Thanks again so much for all you guys listening. Please share, comment, like, follow, give it a rating on all all the different websites and apps and whatever the case may be so we can get this podcast really in a good place before the start of the season. Thanks, you, everyone, again for listening. Shout out to my mom. Love you. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Have a great week, everyone. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.